from the capital city. I'm Jazz Garrett. Santa and Mrs. Claus left Rudolph at home to catch a ride recently on an Alaska Air National Guard cargo plane to visit the Inupiat village of New Exhut, about 30 miles south of the Arctic Ocean. The visit in late November was part of the Operation Santa Claus Outreach Program, in which the Guard tries to bring Christmas gifts to a few Alaska Native villages each year. People needed something to lift us up after having two hard years with COVID. This was a really good opportunity in bringing everyone together and engaging in this wonderful event. In an AP interview, New Exwood's Mayor Rosemary Atongarek says the delivery from Santa was a wonderful opportunity. It's about bringing in the National Guard in a non-stressful event so the kids could see them doing good work that's not uh, during a scary event, and as well as to see that uh, volunteers coming in to do good things. The plane carried the important guests, but also more than 1,400 pounds of gifts for about 160 students at the town school. Trapper school principal Lee Kara Sywicks says the children were excited to greet Santa and Mrs. Claus. When the plane landed, some of them were out on the deck and they were jumping up and down, excited to see the, the plane coming in. They knew right away by the size of the plane that who was on that plane. The program dates back to 1956, and for some villages hit by adversity, it brings them Christmas itself. Juno Senator Jesse Kiel was on Action Line to talk about the upcoming fiscal discussion in the next legislative session. When we finished the legislative session in May, oil was 100 bucks a barrel or very close to it. That was the projection for the year, high 90s, I think. And we thought, we're going to save about a billion four, maybe a billion seven over the course of the fiscal year. Well, it hasn't averaged that, right? And it's the yearly average that we, we tax on. Um, and so we're looking at maybe we don't actually put anything into savings, but we don't draw anything from savings, depending on what that price of oil does for the next six months. We're, we're still... Um, the roller coaster might not be as steep, but we still don't have a stable platform for us to plan and budget the services that Alaskans need and for the private sector to know what's out there, what's coming, what the economy might look like, because the government is a piece of our economy, government spend, right, especially here in the capital city, but throughout throughout our state. He called for a statewide long-term fiscal plan. We still have to come up with a long-term fiscal solution, and if we move sooner rather than later, we can make little moves, not big disruptions to households and businesses. Um, here's the catch-22. Until it's a crisis, nobody wants to take a nickel out of your pocket as a voter. And that means if we wait for the crisis, we're going to take a lot more nickels real fast. Um, so, you you know, it's the, the, the day of that pain point is coming. I think we'll do better to make little moves now, continued budget discipline, small broad-based tax that connects our economy to the resources the state has to support that economy, right? Got to have public safety. Got to have transportation infrastructure. Got to have ed gotta educate the next generation, right? Those things have to happen or we won't have an economy. The Juneau Assembly is meeting this weekend for their annual retreat. The meeting is this Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Bartlett Regional Hospital Board Admin Boardroom. Here's Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. Discussing, going into a little bit more detail on uh, what they want to really, really, really dive into on 20, in the next year, uh, 2023. In this case, um, 
And it's also an opportunity for the assembly to give the manager some budget direction as the manager starts the budget process. That always starts with the manager's budget, and then the assembly takes it and builds on that from there. Barr says there are three top topics the body will deliberate on. This year, our three topics that we're going to be really focusing on at this retreat are housing, budget, and tours or tourism. Um, so. You know, I think I think there's no no question that the assembly really wants to lean into our really chronic housing shortage. Um, they're they're going to have big discussions on that. I would I would forecast um, some really substantive uh, discussions around the use of land, um, both city land and and, uh, and and private land that could be developed uh, for housing uh, around money. Barr talked about the city's efforts so far in incentivizing housing development. We're currently using uh, public funds, public money to incentivize, encourage, um, uh, in some cases require uh, certain types of development, and then regulation and code. So, you know, where where, where we currently struggle um, uh, with uh, with development, and there's there's some debate uh, around what what sections of code um, need need prioritizing the most, um, and where we need to spend the most of our time to uh, ease um, ease code or, or or possibly change strengthen code um, to uh, again encourage incentivize future development. With tourism management on the table, Barr talked about developments this year in the industry. Big topic for the assembly right now is this proposed new uh, cruise ship dock uh, that Huna Totem uh, is looking at, looking at uh, in partnership with with Norwegian Cruise Lines that bought that downtown parcel. Uh, and so the assembly will be thinking through uh, the city's and public's policy positions on not only that but tourism management broadly. So, you know. Um, we we didn't see cruise ships come in at capacity this year, but uh, based on based on the ships that are scheduled to come next year, if they came at 100, percent it's unlikely, right? Um, they're they're probably not going to come completely full. But if they did, um, the total capacity for tourism would be uh, 1.6, uh, 1.7 million passengers. That's that's a huge number of people, and the ability to host that many visitors is a very open question that the assembly will kind of be working uh, around as, as they talk through and as we uh, work through those, those various policy positions on tourism management. CBJ City Manager Rory Watt has been named 2022 Municipal Employee of the Year by the Alaska Municipal League. The award recognizes individuals who demonstrated an ongoing dedication to their municipalities and put in substantial effort to make their communities great places to live, work, and play during 2022. The award was announced Thursday at an awards luncheon during AML's annual local government conference in Anchorage. Watt's career with CBJ spans over 29 years and a variety of roles, from seasonal technician to department director. His eight years at the helm of CBJ Engineering included management of the milestone transition to today's combined engineering and public works department. He was named city manager in April 2016. The old Walmart has been bought. We'll have details on that and other stories when News of the North continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to News of the North. The moving and storage company U-Haul this week has bought a building that was once a Kmart, then a Walmart, and now will be a storage and residential mobility services location for the company in Juneau.
Here's Kevin Allen with the details. News of the sale of the 121,000 square foot property was made on Alaska Unlimited Realty's social media page, announcing that U-Haul had bought the property at 6525 Glacier Highway. The building has been vacant since 2016, when the Juneau Walmart was among 268 other stores that closed its doors. U-Haul Company of Alaska President Ray Rushing said that U-Haul is in expansion mode in Alaska, saying they have seen an uptick in demand for moving and self-storage services in and around Juneau. Rushing said that once the facility is completely renovated, customers will have access to truck and trailer sharing, boxing, and moving supplies. U-Box portable storage containers, towing equipment, professional hitch installation, hitch accessories, and bike racks, propane, and more. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen. The Gobelt Board approved a one-time $100 special benefit. The update was announced Wednesday by Gold Belt President and CEO McHugh Pierre. The payment will be distributed to each voting shareholder on Friday, December 16th. The board unanimously authorized this payment because the corporation substantially exceeded its budget projections, and the U.S. Department of Treasury unexpectedly offset COVID-19 mitigation business expenses from 2021. The, un- the unanticipated reimbursement by the CARES Act funding and better-than-expected business performance led the board's eagerness to initiate the special benefit to shareholders. Bartlett Regional Hospital and Wildflower Court announced a merger Thursday. Aaron Harden, Director of Marketing and Communications for BRH, spoke to that. So the Wildflower Court Board of Directors and their interim administrator reached out to our CEO to seek our interest in possibly pursuing a a merger and assuming operations over Wildflower Court uh, back in early November. Um, We submitted a response to a, a request for information where they asked a number of questions about our organization. And then the board, uh, it's our understanding, reviewed that information and ultimately decided that Bartlett was, was the best fit to assume operations. We are excited to share that with the community this week, put together a transition team that'll involve staff from both entities to start looking at some of those next steps. Harden says they are still finalizing details of a transition plan and timeline. However, she spoke to some ways Bartlett's services will expand to Wildflower Court. Growing our service lines to meet the needs of the Southeast Alaska community, and particularly in the post-acute care service area, we are working to start up both home health and hospice services. As you may know, those services had stopped earlier this year in the community through Catholic Community Services, and so the hospital is anxious to restart those very much needed services. Integrating Wildflower Court comes at a really opportune time um, to help round out that post-acute care service line so we can look at focusing on not just home health and not just hospice and not just a nursing home, but all three together and how those complement each other and also how they can be further complemented being done under a Bartlett umbrella. Because we are physically attached to Wildflower Court now, there are a lot of additional services that we can help offer to the residents and staff. She says they plan to learn from each other. 
And then we hope to also learn from Wildflower Court and their high-quality care that they provide and be able to do cross-training as well for our staff because they have a lot to offer and teach our organization as well. Indictments were announced today in a case meant to raise awareness of a crime that's on the rise, deed theft. ABC's Aaron Katursky has more. It is what New York Attorney General Letitia James called a merciless crime that targets seniors and often seniors of color. It involves deed theft, where the defendants sold three homes in Queens that didn't belong to them. They impersonated the real homeowners with falsified documents and forged signatures and then recruited people to pose as the homeowners during closings. The scam netted more than a million dollars. Five people have been indicted and the authorities are trying to identify three more. The state attorney general said no one should face the nightmare of having their home stolen. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Jazz Garrett for News of the North.